really sing. <laughs> la 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 la. la. Hello and welcome to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. Going to be joined in a second by Phil DeMeo, co-founder of SportsBlogNewYork.com. But as always, this podcast is on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, App, Google Play, SoundCloud, of course, on SportsBlogNewYork.com. If you like what you've been hearing, be a lovely thing for you to do, to leave a little rating and review. So let us know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, what you like, what you don't like. We love to hear back from our loyal listeners. But thank you for tuning in, but without further ado, my man, Phil DeMeo. What's up, dude? Peter, how are you? I'm doing well, man. It's Super Bowl week. I've been busy at work, uh, so I've kind of been a little bit mind off, but now I'm getting there. We're over the hump. It's Thursday. I'm ready to go. Wow, it is Thursday. How about that? Wow. Huh? A quick season, right? Maybe because we're Jets Giants fans, it was pretty quick. Yeah, as a Giants fan. It was over fan, in October. <laughs> season was over. I mean, the Jets had way more excitement than the Giants this year, and I feel like that says something since the Jets were a 5-win team. Um, so the season was over. We've been talking about these college quarterbacks, which seems like for way too long, and we only we only have more to go. Yeah, we're getting to that next week, but we're not here to talk Jets lines. We're no. here to talk um, Patriots, Eagles, and just a big game. That is correct. It's a big game, and uh, we, I, I mean, I mentioned a little bit of it on my solo pod on Monday with the spread and how some spreads feel big and some feel small. So I said how the Jaguars. And Patriots game. The Patriots were a seven-point favorite, but seven felt like kind of small because you could see the Patriots win by ten, whatever. Now we got a four-and-a-half-point spread in the Super Bowl with the Patriots who have only ever won by six points or fewer in their Super Bowl wins. You took my whole shtick. I took it already. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, even if you said it, I said it on Monday. It's possible, so yeah. It's a pretty easy one. So these, these four points feel huge. Now, I don't well, want you to give your pick away well, early down. on. It went down a lot. Two points, right? It started. I saw. I saw five and a half. I don't know who's ever at six. I think it started like originally the first night, and mm. people just pounding it right away. So I guess they put it down. I guess so. So we'll keep keep pounding it down, and here we are, four and a half. Off the bat, what is it like? What does that number feel like for you? Don't don't give away your pick yet, because we're gonna get I to that. I think it should be five and a half. I think four and a half again. It feels small. I say twenty-seven twenty victory. But on the Patriots, you're gonna win. That is the question. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The, all the Nick Foles, Nick Foles stories come out uh, now that he's a Super Bowl quarterback. Whether he brought him there or not, he's there. So the one thing I've loved hearing about Nick Foles, actually, I don't know if you've heard this. He's apparently like a stud basketball player. Really? Yeah. Alex Smith was doing his rounds before he got traded, which is another thing to talk he about. Hard my take the morning of. They were like, um, watch uh, Kansas City Chief um, quarterback. Um, if you're still doing this, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for now. <laughs> and then he did the, after the part of my take, which came out the day after, I believe, right? Or did it come out the day of? It came out the day of. So he did that. He did. I know he did the herd. It came out today. Yeah. So it came out the day after the yeah. trade. Yeah. Uh, he did the rounds and then got traded, which is obviously the Chiefs knew he was going on all these shows. So it was a very timely trade decision. Well, I, apparently, um, the Broncos and Browns also had trades in place, and he picked the Redskins. Wow. I'm guessing the, the extension had a lot to do with that. Sure. So he had to pick his letter, and he went to those three teams. We're going to do it for me. And they signed the game for $71 million. I heard this super clever line today, and it was a, a headline. A new chief is in the in the nation's capital. It's a little corny, but. A little corny. Yeah. I thought it was clever. Also, he got <laughs> traded the day of the um, State of the Union. A busy day in Washington. Well, not the State of the League. Roger Goodell did his State of the League today. Okay, I didn't, I didn't see that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't watch it either. But I'm sure it was uh, gleaming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, it looked electric, really. Oh, my goodness. He just glows up the TV yeah. screen, and everyone, and everyone loves him. Um, <laughs> getting back to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, though, Nick Foles, stud basketball player. Apparently could have went and played in college. Has it, the height. Has the height, wet jump shot. Alex Smith, that was like when they asked him about Nick Foles, that was like the second or third thing he brought up. He was like, oh, great teammate, loved being like around in the Duke room with ball. him. And that guy plays ball. I was like, what? That's cool. Shout out Nick Foles, That's man. Cool. So is that the deciding factor for you? Oh, yeah. Tom Brady? I, 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 my, my prediction is um, in the third quarter, first drive, they're going to get to about the 40-yard line going in. And they're going to do double flea flicker throwback to Nick Foles, who's going to moss somebody in the end zone. <laughs> uh, that would be something. And speaking of that actually happening, there are some crazy prop bets out there, which we're going to get into a little later on as well. Um, but, Phil, I want to ask you to start to start off, because this is what the conversation has become this week, is Tom Brady and his legacy. Mm-hmm. And people are doing the MJ thing. People are comparing him to Michael Jordan. That's where we're at. Because, like, you can't compare him to Joe Montana anymore, right? Yeah. Like, he passed that. You could say the perfect thing, whatever. It's very hard to do that because two different sports, two different eras, two different positions, like a shooting guard and a quarterback aren't really – like, the basketball and football, you can't compare them. Right. I mean, I kind of agree. So, that's my question, really. I guess it means you're comparing them their lore, their le- their legend, right, but their legacy. So, I get the comparison. I, who else would you compare them to in that sense? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. That's what. So my. So my. Whole, my whole thing with this is because I hate. Like he passed Jeter. Yeah. He passed Kobe. Oh, Kobe. Well, I'm a big Kobe fan, but. Yeah. No. Well, my whole thing is I don't always question. That's you know that's which comrades. It's contemporaries are Kobe Bryant and Derek Jeter. Yeah. Sure. For, for sure. And stayed on the same franchise the whole time. Yep. He has that Tim, whole thing. Tim with Duncan, him. you know, in there. Yeah. Oh, Tim Duncan. If he was on a, a big city, who knows what he could have yep. been, but. I don't always try to question which side of the debate I'm on. I try to question the debate as a whole. So, like, my question to you, I think you kind of gave your answer a little bit, is this this is is this is a silly debate, like, the best team player of any sport of all time? Like, what are we doing here? I think it's Super Bowl week. Are we filling content? Yeah, exactly what that is. I mean, I feel like it's like a, it's a backyard party, barbecue, bar type of conversation, but it should be the center of, like, Super Bowl week. I don't, I don't know what else should be. I mean, he's pretty – um. They're pretty vanilla teams, right? And and how do you how do you take two basically two weeks for a lot of these hosts and and TV shows and radio shows? I think last week was pretty died down though. Yeah, a lot of the All Star draft really filled in yeah, the blank there. Yeah, it was fun. I, I agree. Um, so could have been could have been a lot more fun if you know it was live. Oh my god, that would have been electric. But and I, I just I just say I mean usually gets it right. They're, they're usually not tone deaf. I think so I would assume next year it will be live. I think it might be live next year. I don't. I don't think they were toned up. I think this was smart. I think it was a smart move yeah, with like the a, climate of how like a free trial. Yeah. Like yeah, I think if the players want it, fans want it. What's the big deal? Today, Andre Drummond got announced as the reserve reserve after another Eastern Conference All Star got hurt. Right. Who and replaced um John Wall? Actually, I don't know if both have been announced yet. I know Drummond took three. one who, spot. I mean, who replaced Kevin Love? Kevin Love is Andre Drummond. And. Paul George. Oh no, was he already on the? I'm so confused. I'm confused now too. All I know I is they haven't, they haven't announced all of them. I don't think Paul George was definitely boogie. Paul George is boogie. My my point was though, after one more got announced today, like Ben Simmons put out a tweet like laughing about laughing how he didn't get it. Another guy uh, put out a tweet that he didn't get it, and that's what that's what the NBA is now more than any other sport is that these athletes just love to make their little jokes and their little digs on Twitter quietly. And I don't know, like I love it. I love it as a Twitter user. 
but it's kind of a bizarre thing for an entire sports league to to use Twitter as an outlet to make fun of people, to troll the media and other players. And Enos Cantor, a guy in our own little town, is a, a spearhead of that. Well, I guess we'll talk about Cantor another day. But I think he's just having fun and the Eagles just bashing. And it's nothing more than that. It should be it's a fun game. But now it's like more dramatic, which is good for the league and good for viewers and it's entertainment. At the end of the day, it's very entertainment. I bet you there's a bunch of people who don't really watch NBA, but are up to it, like up to date because they use Twitter and like they just they just see all the ridiculous tweets that come through the NBA. And Team LeBron is cursed. And oh, and then all this stuff with Blake Griffin. Do you hear about the Blake Griffin stuff that came out through Twitter? How he was uh, he was seen at practice screaming like, "I've nine years. I've been here nine years." In Detroit, like that. Or in, in Detroit or in LA, LA before he got traded. And it also came out that he found out about the trade on Twitter today. That's amazing. That's not, that's not right. That's just so that's wrong. Right. And three months ago, they like promised him like a jersey retirement and all that. Yeah. Oh, bad luck. Like, I, I mean, I don't agree with LeBron on a lot of things, but he, when he said, you know, these owners could trade us no matter what, and like, they, it's good for business, good for the team. We want to go somewhere. If you're a snake, you're not loyal. Like, it should go, it should go both, both ways. Phil? I 1 million percent agree with that. And that's a great segue back to what we're here to talk about right now. Because we're actually going to get into basketball later. One of our NBA outsiders, John Lucas Duffy, is going to join us after we talk football. But speaking of loyalty, comes the New England Patriots back into the picture. Yeah. Right? They had a feature, you know, full front page, all over the news article. Bombshell. Just saying how the owner doesn't like the coach who didn't want the quarterback, who didn't want to trade Jimmy, but he did it, and they don't get along, and blah, blah, blah. A lot of resentment. And then they beat the Jaguars, and nobody's even talking about that anymore. Yeah. There still might be so much resentment, and they're just looking straight into the camera, not caring. This could be the last game. I mean, they're you think wrong. so? It could, be, it could be. I don't think it will be, but like, if it would absolutely shock you if it was. Yes, I think it would actually. Yeah. After they just traded Jimmy, come on. I think um, Brady has two or three more years in his deal. I think he's two after this. I think that will be the end. At least Belichick. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Belichick's a psychopath too. You know, this whole Tom versus Time is coming out, and it kind of shows his obsession. I watch. I might watch that tonight. Like it shows Tom's obsession and how much he watches film. I feel like Bill Belichick is equal part psychopath. Of course. Like, if not more. He might be worse. You see the question, like, um, what changes about the Super Bowl? You're like, it's in Minneapolis. <laughs> that was a legitimate answer. What makes, it, what makes this Super Bowl different than the others? This one's in Minneapolis. It's honestly hilarious. If I was ever, like, a beat reporter in those situations, I wouldn't even go to try and ask a question. I wouldn't even consider it. I would just go there and just watch and laugh. Oh, my goodness. Um, but with with the lack of drama about, you know, the Patriots not liking each other, comes another chance for them to win a, win a game in the Super Bowl. But history shows that they don't actually just win Super Bowls that easily. Nope. Right? I go, first three, Vanitary, Vanitary, Vanitary. They lost um, lost to the Giants on the last minute. Missed the drive. Beat the Seahawks on the famous Malcolm Butler play. Um, before that, Giants beat them again in a close game. And last year, of course, 28-3, come back. In the overtime play. So there has never been a blowout in the Patriots Super Bowl history. Are you expecting another close game? I think the way the Philly plays, the defensive line can control. Not, I don't know what to say. They have a good enough defensive line to not get blown out, I don't think. Right. 
if offensive power and offensive coach to keep him in the game, you're not going to score 30, no, 30 points in the Patriots. That's not going to happen. I think I would be shocked if it was a blow. The only blow we've seen in our generation is Broncos and Seahawks. And way back when Broncos, um, Buccaneers, uh, Raiders. And uh, the Bears got blown out, I believe. Then the, Gi- the Giants, Ravens were also blown out. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we, <laughs> we were, were children. Like eight, yeah, but yeah, like, historically speaking, the last decade and a half has been a close game. So I, I wouldn't say this was going to be different. I feel that. I kind of am in the same boat I right now. I feel like that's a popular opinion. That's, that's a popular opinion, so I'm not sure. That's a good thing. Because right, every time the the, the popular opinion is something, it, it, as like somebody who considers themselves a sports fan or a sports knowledgeable person, knowledgeable, yeah. you know, you you didn't then you second guess yourself. Oh man, I agree with everybody else. That can't that can't be good. Yeah. <laughs> but so if there is a blowout, do you see it going the Patriots' way for sure? Yeah, I mean, I can't see Patriots get blown out. But look, Philly, you called me for the year. I don't know if you ever called a Super Bowl run. No, but I can't. I can't take they're that. They're talented credit. team. Yeah. Even without Wentz, uh, he falls as good as back as you can get, and they're gonna play. They're gonna they're gonna try to win this game, obviously, but they're gonna be in the game. I think I really think so. They have, right. they have the weapons to you know have a big play too. They have the defense the line. They have the front seven: Fletcher Cox, Chris Long, Derek Barnett. They have they have men up front, so I think they're gonna. I mean, so did Jacksonville, and they control the game. Jacksonville and. Philly kind of a very similar team. Yeah. Jacksonville is a better defense. But, you know, they run the ball. They have good front seven. And Jacksonville, Jacksonville had a lead most of that game. So I, I can definitely see the Philadelphia Eagles competing this game to the very end. The but, Jet- they, but that doesn't mean they're going to cover. The- Vegas, you know, it could be 20, yeah. 20 and touchdown blows the spread. So, so what I'm thinking about watching that Jaguars game and trying to relate it to the Eagles is – there's just so few universes, like there's so few outcomes where the Jaguars can beat the, these Patriots, you know, like just franchise-wise, quarterback, coach, like the whole nine, you just, you can't ever truly picture the Jaguars beating the Patriots. Now this Eagles team all year, winning games obviously, and then even sh- strong showings in the playoffs with Nick Foles, in what, in what universe do the Eagles, who have never won a Super Bowl, beat the Patriots? Is that is that like is that something you can truly wrap your head around, or if the Eagles win, like even if you kind of expected it, are you going to be shocked either way? I'm not because I've, Eagles been playing they're, what 13 and 3 this year. Like they're a good team. They're yeah, a very good I team. agree, but even I mean, with Carson Wentz, they're in the middle of the season and with that, they're a Super Bowl capable team. So I think obviously the loss of Wentz hurts a lot, and he was the MVP this year, but has it really shown that it matters? Uh, like I don't want to discredit Wentz because I like him a lot, and then. I hate, to, I hate to take that, like, oh, well, see, Foles is doing good. Wentz, like, how good could Wentz be if Foles is doing the same thing? Like, I don't just, like, 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 I hate Right, because yeah. Carson Wentz is obviously a stud. Yeah, stud. But it doesn't mean that the guys around him aren't also good. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's, I forgot what middle school was, like, one thing doesn't correlate to the other. Like, both things can happen at the same time. Like, Wentz can be really good and the plays can be really good. The plays aren't going to stop playing when Wentz goes down. So, so that brings me to my next question here because, you know, you, you mentioned the D-lines before, and the Patriots actually have a, a mighty fine D-line as well. Uh-huh. Um, but really, what, what are the fun people to talk about? The fun people are the skilled guys. And you know what's funny? These two teams kind of have similar breakups, breakdowns, I should say, of their skill positions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Zach Ertz is not Gronk, obviously, they but bo- he's, he's a dang good tight end. They both have a... Um Bundle of running backs, and then exactly they have a bundle of running backs. So you got Ajahi, Blunt, and Clement, and then you stable, got a stable. 
It literally, I, what'd you say first time? A bundle. Yeah, I don't even think a bundle's enough. They have a full full stable. Yeah. Blunt, Clement, Ajahi, and then the Patriots with Dion Lewis, James White, Rex Burkhead. These are three guys. And you might say Brandon Bolden. <laughs> Goddamn, uh, has Gillislee? Is he still on the roster? Like, yeah, wow, he might he might resurrect. <laughs> he hasn't even gotten a carry since he fumbled in like week four or yeah. something like that. But who knows? And he might James score a De- touchdown. And James Devlin. <laughs> oh my god! So when you look at these skill guys, you throw in Alshon Jeffrey, you could throw in Amendola and Hogan. Um, what skill guys do you think make the big plays? It's almost impossible to predict with the Patriots. It really is. Like, yeah. I, I can say I'm gonna say Brandon Cooks. I'm gonna say I think for safe. See, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even have his name on the forefront. Cooks. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's he's so in. Yeah, hundred yards. Yeah, hundred something yards versus the Jaguars. He is very impactful, and and his ability to stretch the field is something the Patriots don't always have. And he's just a deep threat that spreads it open. But he might just be a distraction all game. Yep. You know, might like would I be? He might just carve up in the middle. Would you Amendola, be? Hogan, White, Gronk. Would you be shocked if Brandon Cooks had Dan like Lewis? two catches for forty yards? No, you would. I've had been fans for two years. I don't know. I would never. That's <laughs> <me. I, laughs> literally no Brandon Cooks. Last game we dropped that pass for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then like, he still had a regular game, like dies Brandon Cook's career, like in a nutshell. Like he gets his stats sometimes, but then like you're like, why can't you do this all the time? But um, Brandon Cook have a big game. He can have a big game too. It's yeah. it's really quite bizarre. Yeah. You, uh, I mean, I mean, wrap it up for you. Patriots skill player blank could have a big game. That's it. Yeah, pick one. Yeah, pick one. And you know, then we talk about Super Bowl. We always talk about prop bets, and the prop bets roll in about who's scoring the touchdowns, who's scoring the first touchdown. And you look at the Patriots guys compared to the Eagles guys, the Patriots, all their odds are similar. So you're talking Brandon Cooks, Hogan, Amendola, uh, Gronk, Deion Lewis. They're all the smallest odds, like the worst odds on the, on, on the entire thing, Eagles and Patriots combined. And they're all within a range of like 300 plus 300 plus 400. Yep. So Deion Lewis is like plus 750, Gronk's plus 550, and then the highest one is plus 12. 1200. Uh, Meanwhile, you got guys in the plus 3000s for the Eagles left and right. Like Trey Burton? Yeah. And Qu- Cody Clement, who I think is a sleeper right there. Yeah. You know, Cody Clement, a little screen yeah. pass up the up the side. Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, kind of some more familiar faces, but another guy who's a little sneaky, kind of forget he's there with the Eagles. Torrey Smith. Mm-hmm. Kind of forget he exists. Yeah. I like Aguilar a lot. And Aguilar. Geesh. Yeah. So I know a fun thing my friends are talking about. Betting, Tom Brady, rushing yards. What is it? One and a half. Over right? under three and a half yards. I go under. You you gotta go under, right? Yeah. But imagine you take the over on that, right? And Tom Brady, like big moment in the red zone, just like scoots out for a four yard touchdown. Like that would be the most electric moment of your life. Yeah, I just I don't think it happens. <laughs> Can't have any fun with it. No. <laughs> Fine. All right. Well, it's about time. We might have to get to our picks then. Yeah. Wrap it up. What do you like? So, you start. I, I've been fighting with myself a little bit on this one. Because I don't really see many universes where the Patriots lose. I agree. And I have a golden rule. I've said this with you and Mike Palmazano on this podcast all year. I don't bet against the Patriots, and I don't bet against the Warriors. If I don't like them, I just don't touch it. But I'm taking the points. 24-20 in my position. 24-20. Patriots, yeah. Patriots. So you're you're with me. You're taking the four and a half. I think I would like to say 27-20. But 
those points make it, gotta make it look make it, gotta make it look fun. You got I think is this the year where we're all convincing ourselves that yeah, it's gonna be a close game? It's a, it's a 17 game. Yeah, and it's not even close. Wouldn't be shocked. Does that kind of suck? Yeah, maybe that's why I'm not that excited this year because I'm expecting a close game. But if a blowout happens, I'm like, oh, okay. I Patriots blew somebody out. Okay. And especially for New York fans. Yeah. We didn't talk about that yet. How do you feel about New York fans complaining hardcore about I can't root for anybody? It's true. <laughs> like, as a Jets fan, do you feel inclined well, to root for Jets the fan, Eagles? Like, like, confession, like, I respect the hell of time. But yeah, I, I'm rooting for the Patriots. I always root for them in the Super Bowl. Like, I, I want to see greatness. Like, we might never see this again. Probably won't. So, keep, just keep going. Pile them on, Tom. Doesn't, so, hurt, doesn't hurt me. So, you're kind of in my camp on that one. Yeah. You, yeah. Come on, keep going. Even as a Jets fan, so how, so how do you feel about Philly as a Jets fan? Um, um, I don't like their fans. Um, I went in drafting and fantasy. I have like I have like a little bit of a crush on them, but growing up, I like T.O. McNabb. So I have like Philly like background to me, but as I grow older, like uh, just for this reason, like I want Patriots to win. If it was like Eagles versus Pittsburgh or Jacksonville, I'll be go Eagles go. Fly, fly, really? fly, Eagles fly. Really? Yeah. So, so what is it because like the Steelers bother you? Like, what is that no, about? No, I just feel like I I don't want anybody to just like stop this run by Tom Brady. So you're all in. I want him to stop him. Tom, Tom versus time. You're in on Tom versus um, time. Yeah. Should be wrapped this up and watching it. <laughs> Damn. So we're both on the same thing here, and uh, unfortunately we don't have Mike Palmazano. But if I had a guess, if I just had a guess, I don't know. I'm gonna make a pick for him. I think Mike's taking the points too. I think he's too scared knowing what he knows about the Patriots never winning by more than six, and he'd take it, and he'd just say, buy the point. But then he'd go, this is what he'd go like, but my real bet's going to be tease the Patriots down to minus one and take the over. <laughs> I don't know. I bet, bet. What do you think about the over-under, 48? Um, I said 24-20, so I bet under. 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 Would last year be o- last year would have been over. Let's go long. Yeah, it was over like last like play. Mm. I don't know where to go with that. Over under just kind of freaked me out. Yeah. You know? Cause, like, could you see this that, game? That could, that could ruin your bet like the first quarter. Can you also see this game being, you know, 14-10? Yeah. No, nah, not really. That's too low. You don't think so? Too good offense. You think there's going to be some offensive action out yeah. here? If, uh, if you had a guess on who's making a, a big turnover, fumble or, or interception. Good question. Don't know defensive players that well, so I can't answer that question. Who who would actually turn the ball over? Yeah, sure. Um, Who's throwing the pick, Foles or Brady? Or Brady? Yeah, he's gonna try and make like, I don't know. Foles is the easy question, but like, they both they both could throw a pick. You can make an argument that Tom Brady will be pressing more this year than any other year in a Super Bowl. What do you mean pressing? Like. Feeling the feeling the pressure to perform, because yeah. he has been by all accounts thrown the goat quarterback of all, like the goat, the best of all time, literally, right? Like by almost all accounts, mm-hmm. he's the best ever. He has Tom versus time. He has Robert Kraft not allowing Bill Belichick to keep Garoppolo. He has now everything he ever strived for to be a great quarterback. Now, I know Tom versus time would tell you that all he wants to do is more, 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 more. But maybe this could be one of those years where it's like, all right, dude, you did too much. So th- th- there's there's an argument for that. You might be overthinking it. Yeah? Well, I mean, why not? Yeah. 
We'll Th- see. Think about it. This man, in the past probably six months or so, has been crafting this documentary about himself and why he's so great. He's got a little cult cult action. It's a little culty. Yeah. You don't think that could uh, screw somebody up? Backfire. Yeah, it could. But I do think that the culture and place in New England and the way they play football and everything we've seen in the last 15 years, I don't think it ends Sunday. I, I personally do not want to see it end. That's my take. I feel you, man. I'm with you. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm all for it. It's just like the LeBron factor now. LeBron's team is uh, quite human at the moment. Very human. Very human, to say the least. Quite human. And it's almost now getting a little a little crazy to think, wait, his team might not actually be the best odds to make the finals? Especially with Kevin Love. And now Kevin Love broke his hand. There's going to be some trades coming up. Goddamn. All right, so me and Phil are both on the Eagles, plus four and a half. I know if I'm actually betting that, I am buying a point or two. Yeah. Hondo P. Because <laughs> I'd be very upset losing by a half point or a point and a half in that case. So a uh, little tip to you guys. Don't be silly. It's a Super Bowl. If you're going big, spend some, some more money on some points. It'll be worth it in the long run. If you win, you win either way. But Sports Blog New York Podcast, Phil and Pete. That's good stuff, man. Thank you. Enjoy your Super Thank Bowl. You. Yeah, you too. Have a good one. Diet starts Monday, right? My diet started tomorrow. Uh, and uh, now let's go over to my man's John Lucas Duffy coming in from the NBA Outsiders to talk trade talk. What up, Duff? Dude, thank you. I'm dragging you out like late right now. It's Thursday night. No, wait, sorry. Wednesday night. I'm already losing track of days. Wednesday night, I'm dragging you out to do some basketball trade rumors. Thank you, bro. How you doing? Dude, Petey Peppas, how you doing? How you been? Don't even trip about getting the days wrong because I, I literally thought Wednesday was a month uh, or no, I thought Monday was a Thursday this week and it really just crushed me. You don't even know what days you don't know, sounds like. It's it is horrible. I, feel, I think I'm just forgetting the days of the week. They just blur. I feel like the NBA doesn't help that that case at all because like it's the same. There's games every night. Yeah, like occasional Mondays and I don't know what days. Thursdays maybe there's only two or three games. Tuesdays, I forget. But there's games all the time, and if you're keeping up with it all, you just sometimes lose track of what's what, and it's tough. Yeah. Every day with the NBA is a good day, though. That's how I look at it. Especially in trade season. And boy, Ugh. are we hitting trade Ugh. season running. Oh, So first off, Blake Griffin to the Detroit Pistons. Goddamn. But beyond that, right, because we're going to talk about that, obviously, mm-hmm. the rumors are officially swirling, Duff. We had a trade go through and get pulled back already. Mirtich. We got Whiteside, DeAndre Jordan linked to the Bucks. We got Evans linked to the to the Sixers. We got guys who aren't even playing for their teams because their team are, is sitting them until the deal is done. We're, we're officially in trade season. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel makes me feel a little like jolted, a little I'm I'm, I'm jarred right now because I feel like at the beginning of the week those rumors didn't exist, and all of a sudden Tuesday, Wednesday. They just boom, slam. All the all this stuff is coming out now. Tyreek Evans is a plan. Miritich got traded and then he didn't. And now Hassan Whiteside, like what a four seed in the East is looking to trade their their best player. Well, hold up, hold maybe up. Going no, no, no. Right now it's the Bucks want Hassan Whiteside. It's not the Heat are trying to get rid of Hassan. I Whiteside. know, but no, just like the fact that that's even a conversation that the four seed would make any sort of trade 
with the what are, what are the Bucks like the seventh seed, sixth seed? Seven, yeah. It's just totally bizarre to me, especially now that they could the Heat can give themselves a cushion because the Wizards John Wall is hurt, and the Pacers are probably not going to catch the Heat. I would seriously doubt it. You're, you're just, I mean, they're they're only two games back. The Bucks are two games back in the win column, zero games back in the loss column. Th- this team could theoretically jump you in in three weeks. Why would this trade even be discussed? In three, weeks. not even three. They, weeks. They it could, could be jump, like a week. It could be literally a week. A bad week for the Heat. Good week for the Bucks. And you know what? The Bucks play the Knicks twice in the next week and a half or so, or next week, I think. Uh, that's two wins probably. Like, let's be realistic. The Knicks <laughs> are struggling right now. It's crazy. And but 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 Duff, like I. You know this now. By this point, the NBA trade machine is literally unstoppable. All Who these, says no? All, all these, well, not even talking about the actual trade machine. I was talking about like the rumor swirling of the NBA. It cannot be stopped because there's so many writers who know so many people who work in organizations, and and these organizations leak things on purpose nowadays. You know, like. Why do you think Woj is It's is a so, mind game. Woj it's a chess so, match. Think about it. Woj is so trusted, right? Because he will report what he hears from the people who are willing to tell him stuff that he has good relationships with. And he's not going to report some BS, but sometimes it's a little something-something to get the word going, to get the buzz. You can always you rely know? on a good Woj bomb as you get close to February. We got one on Monday, Blake Griffin trade. So Blake goes to Detroit. Detroit sends back Tobias Harris, Boban, um, Avery Bradley, and their 2018 first round, 2019 second round for Blake Griffin. I think he's got, after this year, he's got four years left, right? They signed for five years. Oh, yeah. Four, the, four years of 30-plus million. Hmm? 30, I mean, four years of 30-plus million. Yeah, he's that's the guy who's going to take up a 30-year cap space and hopefully hopefully he plays like 65 games. Ugh. Feels kind of weird, but when you it, said third of the cap space, I said I hope he plays more than a third of the games. <laughs> yes, for real. So what what do you think, Pete? What's your knee-jerk reaction? Um, when you heard that, we we all just like immediately hopped on the outsiders. What what was your knee-jerk reaction? So, I quickly not so quickly. I thought about it for a second, but I, I, I crafted a little tweet, and I had three knee-jerk quick reactions that I still feel pretty good about. And the first one that I wrote, even though my last reaction was making a joke about Blake, was this is actually good for Blake in a way because anytime a star leaves the Western Conference, that's a win. He's playing in the East. He now has a chance to be a top player in a conference. He didn't have that in the West anymore. So that's good for Blake. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I think this is a smart move by the Clippers. Jerry West, I don't know if he's in on this. Everyone's saying he is. But he saw the ceiling with the Clippers. And he thought, eh, maybe I could trade this guy before it's too late, before we can't move his contract. And Jerry West is a cold-blooded killer. And my last point on it, and then take the floor, is they got two NBA players, right? I'm not saying mm-hmm. they're great, but they are two legitimate NBA caliber no, players. I get to, well, don't forget about Boban. And, uh, two and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, he can only play like maybe two, four, two. considering Boban's eight foot tall. <laughs> that's so fair. that's fair. Check your math. Either two and a half or four. It's definitely not three though. And a first round pick and a second round pick. That's that's pretty dang solid. So you know what? Good for the Clippers, but also I think this could be okay for Blake. For the Pistons though, yeah. not good. <laughs> <laughs> for the, yeah, this I mean they essentially traded 
their best player from this season, a guy who was a fringe all-star in Tobias Harris, and Avery Bradley, who uh, Boston fans loved him. You know, it always seems you, you see these players move away from Boston, like uh, Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, and there was one more. Wait, hold on. I just thought of a great name for this. The hmm. the anti Russell Westbrook effect. The anti Russell Westbrook. All right, elaborate. So Victor Oladipo goes to mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, gets trapped in a cage. Looks like he can't get out. He doesn't even know what to do. Leaves, plays better. Demontis Bonus plays better. You know the whole thing that people are saying when people leave Russell Westbrook, they have like a renaissance. Oh yeah, it's the anti effect. The renaissance is in Boston. With Brad, yeah, Brad Stevens. Stevens is the anti-Russell Westbrook. Yes. The anti-Russell Westbrook effect is run by Brad Stevens, where guys leave him and can't play because they're not in the right system anymore. I I love that, mostly because I'm a Celtics lover, well-noted, and a Westbrook hater, also well-documented. Well <laughs> Frank would so be, I'm, Frank I'm would in be this flipping out all, right now. Every which way. How hard would Frank be flipping out right now? I'm so happy he's not here to defend Russell Westbrook about this. <laughs> just waste like 10 minutes of our time. Now we can just move on. Um, Absolutely. So actually, let's keep it moving. Uh, yeah. So I No, no, no. I just – no, no. I want to talk about the trade real quick. So like you said, this is good for superstars to move east. The Pistons are two games back in the loss column from the Sixers for the eight spot. So people have been talking about winners and losers for this trade. I actually think both teams out made, made out pretty decent with what they needed. Pistons need to make a splash. Clippers need to look towards their future and say, look, this guy's not getting healthier, and he's not the same explosive dude because he's been in the NBA for almost 10 years now. We need to start thinking about what's best for the Clippers in the future with free agents coming up. They have a ton of cap space now. Well, not a ton, but more flexibility. The biggest losers from this trade are 76ers fans, like myself. Because Um, now you move Blake Griffin to the team that's – one spot behind you, one game back in the loss column, two games or two games back in the loss column, one game back in the win column. I gotta tell you, Sixers not looking great for us. You know, you know what? I honestly, I didn't really think about that in, until you said it. Like, because I really was th- looking about it as like a holistic perspective with the East as a whole. It makes it more interesting because Blake is there, so. If you're a fan of the Sixers, Pacers, even the Bucks, right? Because they're not exactly running hot right now. Mm-hmm. This could worry you a little bit. But also, now that you say it, if you're the Miami Heat and the Washington Wizards, I'm just I'm I don't want to see Blake Griffin in the playoffs. I know his teams haven't had that much success, but you're talking about a Pistons team that makes a run into the playoffs. Clearly, they're on an upswing, and then you got to see a superstar in Blake Griffin. Well, hold on. A star in Blake Griffin and a star in Andre Drummond. <laughs> don't know if they're superstars, but you know what I mean. I don't. Are, I, we, sure, I don't, are we sure Andre Drummond is a is a star? No, I'm not. People seem to think so. I'm not. But I was given the benefit of the doubt. I, like, I, I feel the heat. Do you want to see Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond in the Pistons? I don't. I definitely. Any team with a superstar, you don't you don't want to see in. Well, all right, sorry, a star you don't want to see in the in the playoffs and. So who's, Pistons didn't really have that. Star? They didn't have that if factor who was going to be a guy who could just dominate the ball. Now they do. So we'll see how it goes. SVG needed to make a play. He made it. We just got to see how it plays out now. Wait, so 
who who's the who's the worst? Like, who do you not want to see most? Basically, out of these guys, Blake Griffin, Victor Oladipo, Joel Embiid, and Giannis. I mean, the order is oh. probably in order already. Giannis number one, except for Oladipo. Oladipo's probably at the bottom of that. No, I don't know. He's no, been awesome I, got, this I would year. put like, Blake you... Griffin last. I'm gonna be dead honest with you. I would put him last because these young these young dudes are like Oladipo, Giannis, Embiid. They they're having such great seasons themselves. It's just that that momentum that that confidence that swagger that this type of season gives you that All Star season. It's it's something else. Like it's a it'll be well not all their first times at playoffs, but it'll be Oladipo's first time as like the guy. It'll be Giannis's like, all right, this is we need to shit or get off the pot here season, and this is Embiid's first year, and you know he's gonna give it everything he got. I mean, he does that night in, night out, but he's just gonna be a wild man in the playoffs. For sure. I mean, I'm thinking about the Eastern Conference up to up up and down now, and outside of the Raptors and I guess the Celtics and like the Cavs aren't losing to one of these teams, right? I guess like I don't know, but they might not even be like the Cavs might not be. They might not have the luxury of being a three seed to even play the Pacers. They might be the five seed. Like if they don't actually start winning games and keep just flustering through, uh, fluttering through the season, like it's a realistic possibility they're not a th- top three seed. And that means you're playing, you know, either well, the, the Heat, Bucks, we'll, we'll Pacers. Get, we'll get to the Cavs. Oh, Come man. on, all right, Let's sorry. Save it. Sorry, I got we'll a little carried away. I got a little carried away. But speaking of the Sixers. Actually, before we get there, I want to talk about guys on the Clippers first. So, we just talked about the Blake Griffin, Pistons, all that stuff. There's more people on the Clippers who might get traded. Mm-hmm. We're not sure who, we're not sure where, but uh, DeAndre Jordan, a little little link to the Milwaukee Bucks like Hassan Whiteside. Lou Williams doesn't have any links right now. He might not get moved, but it's a guy who either should or could get traded. I'll leave that up to you. See, I don't understand why people are saying... You know, maybe these guys shouldn't get moved. Maybe this is, you know, addition by subtraction. Get rid of Blake, add depth, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't see that. If you're trading who the guy who was supposed to be your franchise player, the guy you made a pitch to, you had this whole fake ceremony where you retired his jersey at, like as a pitch to him for him to sign there. I don't know. Like if that guy's getting moved, Lou Williams and DJ are getting moved too, because they need—they're obviously looking towards the future, what what they need to do next. So I think they're definitely getting traded. What do you think? I'm saying one of them is definitely getting traded, and I'm not sure. I'll I'll, I'll retract. I, they're definitely going to move Lou Williams. See, oh, I don't know if it's possible for them to move DJ because of his contract. I was actually going to go the opposite. I was going to say I think DJ gets traded and Lou Williams stays for this year. Because think about this. If you start running out a team with DeAndre Jordan as your your biggest name and also now like forced upon him is like some expectation to do a little bit more offensively, that could be rough to watch for Clippers fans. And what are you doing with just DeAndre Jordan and no other p- good players? Lou Williams, if you just run him out there by himself as the best, best player, best scorer, he's going to average 25 points a game possibly. You know? So if you hold on to him, he could be a piece in the future. I think possibly as much or more than DeAndre. Who knows what his contract I, could look like next? So I can't I'm wait saying Louis says DeAndre to just suck now. What does he have? To, like he's 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 actually 
now just like all right, so take Dwight Howard when he was a little, a little more athletic. That like DeAndre still has that type of athleticism, but just not he's just not as good as du- like not nearly as good as Dwight Howard. You know what I mean? A couple of years ago, when Chris Paul was still on the team, and he's like, "Yo, I want the ball more. I can do more." Blah blah blah. It's like, no, you can't. Just trust us. You just want to dunk and rebound the block shots. Now he's doing just, some like layups here and there, but I mean, still just looks horrible. That's a sign. He's getting older, Pete. Move him. You can't. <laughs> like, I don't know. I even see Dwight Howard nowadays for the Hornets sometimes just dominate people, and he could just put his body down, back someone up, hit a little hook, or dunk on him. And that's just things that DeAndre Jordan has never been able to do. So, yeah, he might have a little bit of the athleticism Dwight had, but he has none of the skill, and Dwight's skill has always been questioned, you know? I'm going to I'm gonna pitch one trade to you. I'm just, I just thought of it now. I don't know how to make the contracts work, but do you think this would be a good fit? Send, send Lou Williams to the Sixers. Okay, back to Philly. Back to, back to Philly, A. B, the thing that they've been missing all season that people have been talking about is a scoring threat on the wing who can get his own shot. Lou Williams is the epitome of that dude. What if I told you there no. was a better option? What? What if I told you there was a better option? I'm listening. Tyreek Evans on a one-year expiring contract, only worth $3 million right now. That That is maybe a better option. That's easier to make the contracts work, certainly. Because Lou Williams is making in the teen something. I forget exactly what. I could look it up while we chat. But... Tyreek Evans is now being officially sit out until his deal is done, and the team most linked to them to him is the Philadelphia 76ers. I like it. There's, like I said, he's a dude on the wing, creates his own shot. He's scoring 20 points a game, shooting 38, almost 39% from three. Which is I'm, a I'm in major upgrade in his career. Major upgrade. For sh- yeah, I, I think this is like total contract year anomaly, but strike while the iron's hot. Oh, by the way, Lou Williams, only uh, only 7 mil. So not too far off of Tyreek's 3 million, and they're both unrestricted next year. So honestly, the, the Sixers have the space, I think, to make that work pretty easily. Um, but I don't know. I think Tyreek Evans defensively can offer a little bit more just based off some strength and size. And uh, Ben Simmons is kind of their – he's their point guard. But so like, I don't, who's the better? I'll ask you this: Who's the better playmaker for others, Tyreek Evans or Lou Williams? I would lean towards Tyreek personally. He's played point guard for the Pelicans in the past. Based literally, just straight up played point guard for them. He was. I remember back in the day in like high school playing fantasy basketball, and Tyreek Evans. <clears throat> excuse me, Tyreek Evans you, you was good always over there, brother. <clears throat> I'm really not. <clears throat> Tyreek Evans was a good dude to have on your team because he could play. He could put him at the point guard, shooting guard, or small forward position. He was the only dude in the NBA who had three positions. This is legit. I mean, and he p- literally plays them all because he's big enough to to guard some threes, and he has the handles to be a point guard. And now that he has the three point uh, three point ball involved, I mean, he, he's a real threat. I mean, Williams is the ultimate ultimate heat check. But is there a reason that he's mostly been a six man in his career? 
Yes, and I want either one of them to run the six or second unit because I hate watching the six or second unit. You're not a TJ McConnell guy? No, I'm in on TJ McConnell. But just everyone else in that second unit is... I don't want to watch James Young run around up. I don't want to watch Justin Alexander go, you know, minus 20 on the night because their second unit is just trash. Well, J.J. Reddick's back, so Timothy luau Cabarro back to the second unit. That's not, not, a nice little help. Um, but yes. let's keep this thing moving. I, I kind of think – wait, also, last word, Tyreek or Lou for uh, Sixers? Last word, I want I want Lou Williams just because he's been there before. And Bab, shout out. Shout out, Bab. Uh, has this dope Lou Will jersey that's like – Leopard print or cheetah print? I don't even know. It's crazy. We, but it's, right, it's so a, probably a closer to A, we need a picture of that. And B, that's one of the better reasonings I've ever heard. So you got me. Um, keeping it moving, though. Uh, there's another guy who's been traded this season already, but then it did not go through. And now the Jazz are in hot pursuit for Nikola Mirotic. I have to ask you this. What's the point of the Jazz and Bulls trading Nikola Mirotic? You think the Jazz really want him that bad? I have no idea what the, what exactly the point of that is. Uh, I mean, the Jazz are not totally out of the playoff picture, especially with, I mean, three teams ahead of them, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Pelicans. Pelicans just lost Boogie. The Clippers just lost Blake. So, And they're obviously going to be uh, – well, I think it's obvious they're going to keep dealing. So it's not out of the question that they could move slip into that eight spot. I don't know. So actually, as I'm talking it out, it makes some sense. It's good for the Bulls because they get an expiring back. It almost makes me question why the Jazz traded Trey Lyles. Because watching Trey Lyles play in Denver recently, he's Nikola Mirotic Jace. Like They are both just chuckers who can shoot the crap out of the ball out of the four spot. And they're just like average big enough dudes to not be horrible defenders, you know? Like, they're kind of the same guy, though. I'm with it. Shout out Trey Lyles on my fantasy team. Oh, all right. Oh, so Flatter flat Society. So you were well aware. That is the name of your team. I think I got you last time we played, actually. Yeah, I fucking – my team is so banged up. My team is the most average of all time. It's okay. Um, but Miritich to the Jazz, I know, like, it's – I agree it's like a nothing move. But think about it from a Jazz fan's perspective. You know, Derek Favors has been real nice, right? Like, he's been he's been nice to have. He's put in some good quality, hard-working years. But Nikola Mirotic is going to come in here and think he's better than anybody else on, his, on the team. Nikola Mirotic, for some reason, has the most confidence in the world. He will shoot any shot, and he doesn't want to be told otherwise. And that means they now have two people who play with ultra-confidence who are both uh, relatively young or super young. I think Donovan Mitchell and Miritich running around could be actually kind of fun and make that offense a little bit more dynamic. Could be slightly chaotic, which is good. It'll add some... I mean, Derek Favors don't, doesn't go further than 15 feet, so it helps with spacing I mean, at, if like, you want 14 offensively and, so you're not caught in the lane for Donovan Mitchell. If you want 14 and 8, Derek Favors is your guy. If you occasionally want like a 28 spot and six three-pointers... You got Miritich now, and you got a. Dope, I mean, he's Miritich is seventeen and six. That's shooting forty three percent from three. That's legit. That's like, I mean, he's on a bad team, so you got to maybe. I mean, yeah, he's shooting. How a many shot. shots he's going to get? But forty three percent, dang, that's pretty dang solid. 
I mean, you got to think he's going to get a, like slightly easier opportunities given that Rubio is a phenomenal passer, still one of the great passers of the NBA. And Donovan Mitchell is out there attracting so much attention. He's just, he's just going to have to spot up. Also, quick flip side for you. Um, just say in a hypothetical world where like Derek Favors wouldn't be the piece, there's another guy in the Jazz who possibly can get moved. Now, I think if they Jazz think they can get Miritich for Favors, they probably want to use Rodney Hood, the other guy, to get something mm. else. But Rodney Hood as a trade piece, maybe on the Bulls, I don't know, but a place like the Bulls, what do you think about his uh, future moving forward? I don't know, man. I don't... I don't know what to do with Rodney Hood at this point. He keep, he keeps getting some like weird injuries, man. He's been like b- banged up a little here and there this season. Kevin O'Connor was the dude who was huge on Rodney Hood this year, thinking he was going to take that big next step, but hasn't come. Donovan Mitchell stole his shine. He's he's not going to get it back. There's no way. I mean, once a rookie drops forty, he's not losing minutes. So get Rodney Hood to the Bulls. He's obviously an upgrade over Justin Holiday, so I don't hate that. I don't know. I could I could be with Rodney Hood. See, this, the Bulls should be doing what the Nets are doing, and it looks like they're both doing the same thing, which is just get younger guys who might not be on the best contracts or stuff like that and just, just see what you got. Just let them play. Just let them loose, see what you got, and, and you can just you keep them, you trade them, you just let them go, and then you draft, and you tank, and you just you just keep taking in the good and leaving the bad, and just be patient. I don't hate that strategy, and I think that's a place Rodney Hood would get his chance to really shine in some sort of semblance of an exciting offense that Hoiberg would be running, as opposed to a more defense-oriented team like the Jazz. And, you, I mean, you took most of those words right out of my mouth. We've all seen Rodney Hood get hot. I mean, maybe not all of us because not everyone's a weirdo who watches the Jazz, but a lot of people who like basketball have seen Rodney Hood just heat up, carry the Jazz for like halves at a time, and he's done it. Uh, and you always think with a young player, is the change of scenery and a, and a new start, a la Tim Hardaway for when he went to the Atlanta Hawks, like maybe it could just revitalize a little career, make him want it that much harder, and maybe make him take some pressure off because I feel like Rodney Hood was on a Jazz team that when he wasn't hurt, was trying to be really competitive. They had Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward, and they needed him to be ready to be the number two scorer early, and he just wasn't ready. And now he's trying to battle injury and come back. His consistency is not there. I think a, 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 te- a team that's not very good like the Bulls, that's why I say a team like the Bulls, just, mm. le- just let him go. Let him go. Bulls and Jace. Yeah, exactly. Now you're catching on. Yeah. So is he a the sh- other thing, actually, maybe not the Bulls because Zach Levine's just coming back. They play the same position. So. True. Good call. So Bulls of Jace. <laughs> Let's go with Bulls of Jace. Uh, moving on. What if you what if you de- package him in a deal to the Hawks and you get Dwayne Dedman back? Mm. Uh, Kent Bazemore? That's that's Miritich of Jace. Kent Bazemore, though? Kent Bazemore, yeah. Ugh. Shit. Dennis Schroeder is a, a guy who might get traded low-key on the low. I don't know where, I don't know why, but I just feel No, like, I think the Hawks are going to hold like, on to him. I don't know. He's How been old getting, is he? Is he like 24? Yeah, like he's been getting randomly benched in the fourth quarter, so just keep your eye on that. Uh, but moving on to okay. a point guard who has been in trade rumors, some in New York, but that is just not happening. But Kemba Walker is a guy who's getting a little chirp-chirp action, and name might heat up closer to the deadline. You think, is, is he a should uh, trade or a could trade? 
he's definitely a could trade, but I think he's also a should trade because the Hornets, almost called them the Bobcats, the Hornets are also a should relocate to Seattle. So I am on the train <laughs> that they should just be as bad as possible. Michael Jordan, nice try. Can't be successful at everything. Just move the team. to um, Again, if you've listened to this podcast before, we need a team in Seattle or just not Charlotte. I don't know. I, I just don't care about Kemba Walker and Charlotte. I wish I did. I wish I cared about Kemba Walker because I grew up watching the Big East. I love the Big East. Everyone talks about his Big East tournament and that, that championship run because it was awesome, A. B, because he's from New York and that was awesome. So getting him literally anywhere else where he might get some attention and people will appreciate him and maybe he is the best bargain contract in the NBA right now. He's getting like 12 mil. He's a should trade. It's just so tough. It's like these. Like he, this he, was supposed to be the year. He's. Also, we all had the Hornets in the playoffs. He's also this was supposed to be the year. They're like, okay, they're back. He's coming to the end of a contract, right? How much money do you think he's going to expect, and how much are you willing to pay? And if you're not willing to pay in the future, why trade for him now for like a one-time run possibility? Then what are you giving up for him? That's where I get caught up. I think he's in that that weird weird spot. I mean, he's Whereas, he's only making twelve mil, so it's, right it's now, not that difficult to get just some expirings and like a pick back. Yeah, but why would then why would the Hornets do that? Like they're not they're not going to move uh, an All Star. He's not an All Star this year, but he's an All Star in the past. Like why would they move him unless they're getting something? They're going to keep him. Because what are you what are you just going to do? You're just going to swirl at the eleven seed every year, and this is this is it. This is your franchise. Well, I think you got you they, need to they, do something. They think like people get on teams for tanking. It's like that's that's a plan. It might not be the plan you agree with. It might not be the right plan, but it's a plan. But think about all the teams that have been tanking now. Like they still, most of them still stink. The Orlando Magic have been a lottery team, it's like in, since they lost. All right, Howard. they're actually they're an actual garbage fire. As a franchise. So actually, you know what? Keep Charlotte and Charlotte. Let's send Orlando to That's the original Seattle. team that needs well, to be moved. And let's bring Disney with it. Uh, you know, it's too hot in Disney. I actually know what it rains too much there. We don't need to all be indoors. That's too expensive. It's humid. It's not a dry <laughs> heat. It, it gets rough out there in Disney World. But anyway, I just get caught because if I'm another team, also we haven't named a team that would actually trade for him yet. I don't know. Pick one. Who? I, I don't no, know because, like, as sense. I'm thinking about it, it's kind of a weird fit. Like, what team does he push over any sort of hump? I mean, the Nuggets have been looking for a point guard for a while, but they're. But I don't know who they get back. Like, what? What do you get? Like Moutier and Malik Beasley and a pick. Like, yeah. why would the Nuggets yeah. even do that anyway? If they got Jamal Murray in the pipeline, like. They like him. He's starting to get some some better assist numbers. Do a little more. I guess with the he's ball. getting reps at point guard now. I don't know. I don't know. It's. I mean, actually, the Nuggets was a pretty good one for off the top of the dome. That's a tougher one to crack because. Well, I'm trying to think because you look at any good team. Like, who's going to trade for Kemba Walker? It's not going to be a shitty team because he's not going to resign there. So you have to look at someone who's on the fringe of making the playoffs. And if you want to be a good team in this league, you need a point guard. And every playoff team has a good point guard, but except then, for, like, the Bucks. but Giannis is basically a point guard. But then when you have Kemba and Jamal Murray, can they play next to each other? That's tough. That's Yeah, it's the other thing. He's very like ball-dominant. Easy, uh, easy layups there. 
Yeah. I don't know. He's a should trade. I don't know. if He's a should trade. I don't know if he's a could trade. I'm flipping. I'm flipping on what I said. 100% could trade. He He's a should trade. I don't know if he's a could trade. If you can get a return, it could be worth it for sure. But the return just might not exist right now. And that's the weird part. Yeah, it's the right move. It just might not be the available. All right. Well, uh, Duff. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to all you twelve Hornets fans out there. <laughs> None of which listen to the uh, SBNY slash NBA Outsiders. Um, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we have one Charlotte. Hip. I think over under would be point five if we had to set it for Hornets. Fans. Oh yeah. <laughs> there might be some Kemba fans though. That's a real thing around here. Yes. Agreed. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get some feedback on that. Um, real quick, I gotta ask. Um, the Knicks have a bunch of pieces that technically have some sort of worth in the NBA, but it's <clears> kind of hard to find their trade value as well. Those names include Enos Cantor, Kylo Quinn, um, Courtney Lee, Doug McDermott, I guess, and maybe Willie Hernan Gomez, who seems like the Knicks don't want to move him. What do you think about the Knicks? I want your. This is actually perfect because you are an NBA outsider. This is the Knicks outsider perspective because you are not a Knicks fan. You know, you live in the area, so you keep up and whatnot. But you're not like a Knicks diehard. You're not going to have bias here. What do you see with those people as far as worth in the NBA and trade value? So, quick question. At the beginning of the season, you and Frank got on the Knicks a little bit because they weren't playing Willie Hernan Gomez enough. Is that still the case? Are they still not playing him? I don't specifically remember me being on that train. I remember bringing it up. I don't know. But um, he's still mostly not playing, yes. So they're not going to play him, and they're also not going to trade him. Seems like the case. It's so Knicks. I love it. Um, <laughs> I just want to clarify that. You just set me up for that, and like I couldn't even – like you just did facts there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah I don't, you can't get out of that. Um, You're good at doing facts, Duff. Eh, debatable. Um, so Courtney Lee is the most interesting one to me because what team doesn't want to add a spot up shooter? Who's I mean, how's he on defense? Seems at least you know decent, uh, he's serviceable. Not, not I don't as good see when he wasn't thirty, but uh, he's still serv- he's very serviceable. But like for example, against the Celtics, Jalen Brown and Tatum, like their size against Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway is like crazy mismatch. Uh, but yeah. he, he's he's solid. He's serviceable. Yeah, I don't know. It's like the. The the Knicks just have those four guys you named are like the shittiest versions of like all like all of them what they could be as trade pieces. Like Courtney Lee is like a solid three point shooter, but he's undersized, so he can't really he's not like a he's not gonna stop anyone on defense. Like he's not gonna put the clamps down. Enos Cantor he just got twenty points and twenty rebounds on Tuesday, but he still doesn't play any defense at all, and he's just kind of getting buckets for the Knicks. All right, wait. So I've been tough on Enos Cantor, but I can't let you say that. He he, he actually like you know he 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 tries on defense. He does stuff on defense and puts his body. <laughs> he's around. doing stuff now. Okay, yeah. he used to do nothing. He used to do nothing, and now he's doing some things. But he does still do nothing sometimes. I I I, I don't know if you listened to my episode solo on Monday, but I kind of went into that. He sometimes is engaged with the center or, like, whatever person he is, and then he just, like, will be fully looking at the guy with the ball going to the hoop and not try to do anything about it. Like, he – basically, he's not a rim protector. He can body someone up in the post and give him a hassle and rebound. He's not a rim protector at all. I did – I all I knew about Enos Cantor when he was on Oklahoma City is that he could, he could put the ball in the basket, A. B, he didn't play any defense. 
And C, he's a ride or die teammate. He's a great locker room guy, it seems, from the outside. I obviously don't know. But I don't think they should trade him. I don't think he should move. I think he's like, you know how in college they have like a program guy is what they call him. You know, he gets good grades, works hard in practice. <laughs> he pushes the starters. He gets in uh, Twitter beefs. He, he, he gets some like, uh, he's like the garbage man when he's out there playing. He does the dirty work. Enos Cantor is like the finesse version of that, where he's just going to get you buckets. Are you kidding he's gonna, me? He's going to try his little heart <laughs> out on defense. And think about what you just said. Hold he, on, hold he's on. just going to he's just going to he's going to stick up for his teammates. Like I love that. You just named he's a good he's a good culture guy for the Knicks. Don't trade him. I can't believe you just came so passionate about that out of nowhere. By the way, but also you just described all these tough qualities and then said. He's the finesse version of that. Like, what is that? Yeah. Is that good? <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm just telling you what it is. Like I said, I'm a facts guy. <laughs> I don't know which way this will sway. That turned into a Christopher it, Walken impression for a second. <laughs> I've been working on it. All right. How was it? Decent? You were like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, know. I just because I'm as I'm talking through it, it's like I can't. I don't know where this is going to go, but he seems like a good dude. And the Knicks just haven't had – there's been so much toxicity in that franchise with Carmelo just – maybe just me because I hate him, and I saw the writing on the wall that he was trash for that, for that franchise and the situation. He just destroyed them. Just keep, keep the guys who stick up for their teammates. Just let them stick around for a while. Wow. You, you really – you got me all flustered over here, Duff. You, you got me – off guard because you came in hot on a Knicks take, and usually, you know, you just you do keep it real with the Knicks, but you don't usually get super passionate. I I appreciate that. That was some true Nick outsider. I thought it was only the Knicks fans who saw him like that, but I can see as a person who's I know you've criticized him so much in the past to to appreciate that. Maybe maybe I got to uh maybe I got to lighten up, dude. Now I I just I see him more. He he's just more in my like I said I didn't know anything about him at all except those like three things and now i just you get to see you you just learn by osmosis around you like in the next box scores because you know the local team whatever wow i like that he goes at people on twitter he's not he's not scared of people he did it on the court like when lebron was at the game he did he was doing it too or was that tristan thompson no he went at lebron yeah so i'm with that he he's think like i can't name you a better just like a better character player to have on your team. Aside from the, forget the fact that the entire country of Turkey wants, wants him in jail. Just we'll <laughs> ignore that. True. That is true though. He's they're a not, good program a guy. That's what they would call it in college. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. Well, since that was fantastic, I appreciate everything you just said, but since we need to keep this thing moving, uh, Kyla Quinn, he's a guy who is like an effective basketball player. Doesn't play a ton of minutes. Not a big volume guy but can help a team he's on, I think, right? As watching him as a Knicks fan, I, this, think, okay, I think so. Okay, yeah. So back so what do you to think about him? what I was saying about, like, the worst version of what they are, basically, as far as trade goes. So Courtney Lee is, like, the worst version of a three-point shooter, like a 3-and-D guy. Not the worst, but, like, at the lower end of the spectrum. Kylo Quinn is at the lower end of the spectrum of... Of guys the, with value, you're saying. The low end yes. of value. Yes. Of a guy who's just going to, like, do the dirty work, and you know, play some defense, work hard on the glass, 
you know, try to hit those spot up mid range, you know, work hard around the, around the rim for buckets and, and he, rebound he rim protects a little bit. Yeah. So, but he's not like, he, if you're like, Oh, you know, who, who's a good, like garbage man in the NBA, my thought, I would not go to Kyle Quinn first. I might not go to him in the top five. And maybe that's cause I'm not a Knicks guy. So I don't know exactly what he's doing night in, night out. And then Willie Hernan Gomez is like, he's like a poor man's Jonas Valanciunas at this point where like Jonas was always in kind of trade rumors. And it's like, what are they doing with him? He get better. And he kind of just like, he's gotten a little better. He's progressed, but he's not really like in trades anymore. And I feel like Willie Hernan Gomez is going to follow in those footsteps of just kind of like a guy who's like kind of around there. People know his name. If you follow the NBA, Nifty you definitely around know who the he is. Like, yeah, we're but... nifty around the post. Uh, decent scorer. You know, nothing too special defensively. Jonas Valanciunas is probably a little more solid defensively. But you're right. That's actually, you know what? I think we all wish that Willie can become Marcus All because of the tutelage that they they're clearly have a relationship playing for Spain together. Uh, we want him to be Marcus All, but the Valanciunas might be a little bit more spot on. And a poor man's Valanciunas does not sound as good as a poor man's Marcus All. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. We see more and more guys start to flourish. Around, like it's it's been recent in the past couple of years that more and more guys are starting to flourish as they get older. He's he's only he's only his second year in the league, and he's re- like he's only played in twenty four games. That seems he gets, shockingly he gets low. DMPs all the time. No DMPs all the time. Constant DMPs. Yeah. So like, if you're looking to trade this dude, you're not going to give him DMPs. You're going to let him play. You know, let him do well, like Miritich or Tyreek Evans, good examples of guys who are putting up good numbers, and they're like, all right, trade deadline's coming up. This is who the player is. Like, the last seven or nine games I heard, Blake on the Clippers had like 24 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. Like, that's when you want to trade him, trade him high. And so they haven't been playing him to kind of see what they have. So they can't... They're not shopping. They have nothing to, like, sell when they trade him. So, like, what, what are you selling about Willie Hernan Gomez. And also, not only what are you selling to other teams, what are you selling to your own franchise, your, your your own fan base? You say, okay, we have this guy who's only played in half the game so far this year, but we're going to hang on to him, and we're going to reevaluate again next year. So it's like you you just stalled. You just stalled a year for no reason. And that's a good point also because before the season started, he was one of the guys who was treated as a future piece. You know, when they named, like, the guys who they considered – the building blocks, they named Porzingis, Neil Aquina, and they named Tim Hardaway and Willie Hernan Gomez. And obviously, I actually threw Ron Baker's name in there, which is which is uh, funny and awesome at As the same time. As it should be. Right. And uh, honestly, shout out Ron Baker. Guy got hurt again, and it makes me sad. But he'll probably come back strong, hopefully. Shout out, Ron. But Willie was named as a, as a building block by the franchise. Like, that, was, that happened. And then he got DMP, DMP, DMP. And that's kind of in part to how good Michael Beasley's actually been. Like, he's easy to make a joke about because he's a goofball sometimes and he says funny stuff and he's a walking bucket but he is literally a walking bucket he scores on everybody from every part of the floor and it's actually been kind of impressive no that's a good point and i definitely see why he was getting minutes over hernan gomez because he is a better player right now than willie hernan there's no arguing that point but if you're looking at where the knicks are now they are 23 and 29, they're not going to make the playoffs. They might come close, hopefully not for draft purposes, but 
it, it comes a time when you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, what are we doing? What, like, do we care really about what Michael Beasley is going to be like in the future? Or do we care about what Willie Hernan Gomez is going to be? Because if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm saying put the young guy out there. We, like, Beasley was fun. It was a lot of fun in the beginning of the season. He's getting buckets. He's doing crazy stuff on Instagram. He's your favorite player's favorite player. He's your MVP's MVP. He's wearing four watches all over his body. <laughs> I'm all in on that. But at a certain point, you got to say, you know, what's best for the franchise? Because you, you can't make the argument, oh, you know, he's, he might go out for 30 on any given night. He's a fun player. We're selling tickets. We're selling jerseys. You're the fucking Knicks. You're always going to be selling tickets. You're always going to be selling jerseys. You need, to, you need to worry about the product that's on the floor. You need to get the young guys some reps. And I don't understand because they're doing it with Frankie Smokes. Like, why don't just do kind it with of, Willie? Kind of. Trey Burke has been getting minutes, and Jared Jack still plays. Frank hasn't been getting as much minutes as he uh, was all Yo, season. Yo, quick shout-out. Shout-out uh, our Frankie Smokes, our Frankie Nicotine, Frank Villani. Hey. For 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 shouting out Trey Burke's G League stats before he got called up, like, like weeks before, like to the point where you were literally telling him to shut up, because it was so stupid. He just made the <laughs> argument to me that no one's gonna watch the G- guys checking the box scores for the G League every fucking night. <laughs> it's a, I love also how you just shouted out Frank and then also bitched out Frank. <laughs> I build him up so I can tear him down. Oh, uh, man, you know what else happened? Uh, I don't know if I did it, but something Jedi mind tricked you to talk about the Knicks passionately for, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> Bro, some I was due. I was due for it. I'm glad I was here for it, too, as well. Me, too. Oh, dude, all right. Well, we ran out of time to talk about some other stuff, but I think we touched the big ones. I mean, the, the names that are going to be moving, Miritich, Tyreek Evans, those are, like, for sure. And then some of these other ones will be interesting to see where they fall. And uh, maybe, just maybe, a big name like Kemba Walker will end up moving. But Yo, oh, one, one other quick thing. I just want to point this out. We talked about it earlier before the pod. Stanley Johnson did not get moved in that Blake Griffin trade, which is interesting because either they really believe he's going to be something or they're looking for a separate deal for just Stanley Johnson. Because if you can just get a lottery guy under the age of 25, like, why the fuck not? So. Just an interesting thing uh, we wanted to point out. Also, Julius Randle and the Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks is a thing. Just throw that out there. They already have Nerlens. I'm so They're I'm so fed up with that. Not even remotely I'm similar. Tight. What are you talking about? I'm tight about this. All right. Well, we have no choice. We got to go. Dude, thank you for staying up talking ball until 10 to midnight when we both have work in the morning. <laughs> Whoa, chill out. We're not done yet. What do you mean? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got our... Uh, hello? (laughs) What? Did you just bounce on me like that? What was that? Duff? My computer just decided to restart right in my grill. What? Right in my face. You said, fuck you, I'm out. You were literally calling me out for something. What were you? You were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you just shut me up. What was that? So we're... uh, Our new weekly segment is going to be the outsider of the week. And... It's going to be who just outsider has it's up to interpretation who an outsider is, what an outsider is, and the intangibles or tangibles that they may or may not bring to the table. And it might not even be a player some weeks. Be ready for it. 
Be ready. Be ready for the hot outsider takes. I love this for a couple of reasons. Number one is really bringing it in hot, like an hour into this podcast that we're <laughs> that we're dropping this new weekly thing. But that's good because it's, it's a good test run. And then I love that you know it can be someone who did something good. It could be someone who did something horrible. <laughs> who knows? It's the outsider. It could be really. someone who usually does nothing who did anything. We have one like of those. Like Enos Cantor on defense. <laughs> All right, wait. All right, so you're saying we got an outsider of the week. This is the first one. This is the inaugural outsider of the week. This is an inaugural outsider. Okay. And who do you got for me? Could not, could not have picked a more appropriate person at the more appropriate time. And he could honestly, he could be the outsider of the week every single week. As you probably know who it is right now. It's Kevin Love. Oh. Kevin Love is the outsider of the week. <laughs> Oh, that kind of hurts me in the heart a little bit because he it is, hurts me in the soul. He he was the outsider of the season, and then he just so happened to be put like he just doubled down on being the outsider for just this week, breaking yep. his hand. Unfortunately, broke his hand. So not only his team hates him, his body hates him. I don't know where to, I still love you, Kevin. <laughs> come back to me. Come come to the Knicks. Come to the Nets. Come to the Sixers. I'll watch every game. Season tickets guaranteed. Wow. That's so much love for love right there. Bro, I've been with Kevin Love since the Minnesota days when he was putting up 30-30s and no one cared. <laughs> the real Literally 30 for no 30. one cared. The, the, Kevin Love was the original 30 for 30. People forget that. Wow. I On one hand, I'm pretty – it's actually super fitting, and that's a great choice. But on another hand, I'm a little upset that our first outsider of the week is Kevin Love because that means our rep is riding with Kevin Love right now. But that's what, like, we don't even want him. That's the point. Like, he is the outsider. He is the outsider. He's going to win outside of the year. I'm telling you right now. We're giving away right now. There's going to be a different one next week, maybe, unless his other hand breaks for whatever reason. <laughs> he is the outsider of the week. Uh, I do. You're find right. Me, find me a more outside outsider right you're, now. You're right. You're right. That is even tangentially related to the NBA. You literally shut me up when you said, that's it. He's the outsider. We don't even want him, and we're the outsiders. You got me. Checkmate. Check check, and mate. Oh, man. Poor poor Kevin Love, man. Goddamn. Poor Kevin Love. Also, honorable mention outsiders, Enos Cantor, Kosa Kufis, and Andre Drummond. Enos Cantor and Andre Drummond put up 2020s on Tuesday night. Costa Kufis put up 17 and 17 and a win over the Pelicans. And also the entire Utah Jazz organization top for beating to, the top war- to bottom. For top to bottom, from the owner down to the down to the equipment managers, blown out the Warriors by 30, and still no one gave a shit because James Harden went for 60 points and a triple double. That's legit. The Utah Jazz are honorable mentioned. The top notch of honorable mention right there. Literally, they made Steve Kerr say something mean about his team too. Like, and and people almost kind of cared about it. They almost were like, "Oh my God, Steve Kerr said that, that their effort was pathetic." <laughs> I know. He just he <laughs> said no he really said cared. that he said that, and all the reporters in the room are looking at their phones like, "Wow, sixty points in a triple double." <laughs> Steve, have you seen James Harden's stat line tonight? He would be like, "Wow, it's that's impressive. the effort. That's the effort I'm looking for. That's what we need." <laughs> Duff. You crushed it tonight, I might say. I had to, I'd, I had a rep for my boys, Frank and Bab. Shout out. Shout out, Frank. He's not feeling so hot. He spent a lot of time in the bathroom. Was recently at Frank's house this weekend. 
little known fact, the light in his bathroom is not working right now. So I don't know how that's working out for him. Just so you're telling me black. he's been dealing with, with issues in a dark bathroom. Correct. Damn, shout out, Frank. Shout out, Frank. Well, you're listening to the Sports Blog <laughs> New York podcast and the NBA Outsiders mashup. We got the Super Bowl on Sunday. Basketball doesn't stop, and the trade deadline does not sleep until it's over. Thank you, Duff. Thank you, Phil. Shout out, SBNY Podcast. Have a good day.